Welcome into Box Office Quarterbacks. We are back at it again. Me and my friend Ahmed are here tonight talking about Jordan Peele's latest movie, his third film, Nope, which we just recently saw. Uh, before we get to all of that, though, uh, how you doing tonight, Ahmed? Doing great, man. Thanks for asking. And yourself? Doing fantastic. I'm excited to finally talk about this movie because there's a lot to talk about. Uh, yeah. yeah. Um, I would say this is uh, one of Jordan, you know, he's only done three movies, but this is one of the craziest twists I've seen uh, in, in a movie in a long time. Uh, like, we'll get into that. Um, but first, we're going to talk about our initial thoughts of Nope. Uh, I thought it was pretty good. I liked the first half of the movie definitely uh, better than the second half. Uh, I think some stuff gets lost in the reveal, which I'll go into a little bit later. It's still a solid movie for me. I would highly recommend seeing it on the big screen for the suspense and all that stuff. But uh, what were your initial thoughts? So going into the movie, <clears throat> I wasn't really sure what to expect. My wife and I don't really care for horror films, but we'll give Jordan Peele an exception. Um, and so when we watched it, we weren't really sure what the movie was about. I still don't know what the movie was about, even after <laughs> watching it. So I would still recommend it. It was still really good. Um, but I think I'd have to watch it again because there's probably some things that I missed. Like you said, the second half kind of, you know, there's so much to unpack in that. And I think the first, you know, uh, first half of the movie has all these stories and you're just kind of wondering how they all come full circle. Um so it, like you said, it was definitely one of uh, Jordan Peele's most creative. He's definitely ambitious. Uh, I think this was something my wife was saying, maybe this is something he wanted to do. And now that he's kind of he received some cre uh, credence as an Oscar winning director, uh, he's able to do this. So I think it ultimately it still kind of carried out well, and I would highly recommend it as well. Yeah. So like the basic gist of this movie is there is – crazy disappearances happening around this ranch in, I think it's, oh, it's like Lake Tahoe or something like that. But crazy disappearances, the ranch is run by uh, this brother and sister who had just lost their dad. Like the opening scene is crazy because uh, their dad gets killed by, I think, a quarter that falls out of the sky and hits him in the head. And nobody knows why. So they've taken over the family business of running this... Um, animal training service for for Hollywood and you get introduced uh, to them pretty quickly uh, Daniel Kaluuya's character and Kiki Palmer's character Kiki Palmer is great in this movie she is like my favorite part uh, spoiler alert she's hilarious she adds a whole like another dimension to this movie but uh, we learn eventually that there are there's an alien presence behind everything happening but the alien presence is not what you're expecting and i like i said i loved everything till the reveal of the actual alien that was my one gripe with this movie um spoiler alert the alien is the ufo the ufo is eating people so yeah i couldn't tell if it was a cowboy hat or <laughs> yeah you know um, I think at one point I even saw a horse carcass inside. So yeah. I was like, oh, is it is it supposed to be a horse? Like the wildest horse on the planet? I don't know. 
yeah, uh, Kiki Palmer really steals the scene um, with her wit. Uh, Daniel Kaluuya, you know, very stoic. And you can just, you know, what I loved about those two and their chemistry, it was like, you forget that you're watching a movie. You're just watching a sibling uh, go back and forth about, hey, there's some crazy stuff happening. We should get the hell out of here. Yeah. Because <laughs> and that's where the movie gets its title from. They're like, nope, we don't do this kind of thing here. <laughs> and there's even a scene where like Daniel Kaluuya's character uh, gets you know freaked out by something. And he goes, nope, fuck that shit. <laughs> <laughs> and we're right there in the audience saying the same thing. Like, oh hell no, get out of there, bro. <laughs> yeah, I think if I was writing this movie, I would have called it "Oh shit." I'd be like, "Oh shit." Nope, I am not doing that today. Uh, yeah, honestly, we could get into to scenes, Ahmed, and there are some great scenes to pick from. Uh, I'm going to start with the scene you just mentioned, which is that jump scare where uh, Daniel K. Lewis' character is uh, investigating something in his barn in the middle of the night. And this is before you know that the alien is the actual flying saucer. And you see these little alien creatures crawling around, uh, like amongst the horses and everything. And I'm like, oh, fuck, this shit's about to get wild. And then you find out it's uh, the, the little kids, uh, the kids of Steven Yoon's character that are just playing a trick on OJ. So uh, I thought that scene really got me and really pulled me in. That's one of the better jump scares I think I've seen in a horror movie in a long time. Yeah, I... Just to be, because that was one of my favorite scenes, but just to kind of be a little bit different, um, but on the same level of jump scares, that scene where Daniel Kaluuya is uh, in the truck and it's just pouring rain. And then as soon as he opens the door to his truck, that's when like shit's about to get really crazy. He just, nope, stays in the truck and then something just flies at him. Like almost penetrates the wind, it penetrates the windshield, penetrates the passenger seat of his truck, and just misses him by a, a, a shoulder length, you know. And you know that really got me. And I was trying to like, I'm 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 not ashamed to admit it. I was hiding my face whenever I saw it, and I was like, oh my god, is he okay? I hope he's okay. But just I, all the scenes really uh, with that those moments where they're looking up at the sky before the interview, Jeff, we were talking about uh, Daniel Kaluuya's interview with Trevor Noah. And he was like talking about the experience as an actor where you're having to kind of look up and, you know, there's nothing there in the moment, but you have to pretend like something's there and trust the vision that when it's all said and done, it's going to look amazing. Um, and just like I said before, you forget that you're watching a movie. You're just kind of watching this unravel. And there were a couple of moments where, again, I'm not ashamed to admit it. I had to go, this is a movie. This is not <laughs> real. He is British. <laughs> he is British. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I just remember seeing a meme after I uh, watched this movie. It was like you looking at the sky after you see Nope. And it's just somebody pointing a gun at a cloud. Uh, that, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's what this movie will do to you because it's crazy. Like, like characters, you know, walk outside and you think they're going to get eaten by this huge flying disc 
uh, upside down manta ray looking thing. So it's it's so tense. And like I moments the, of this. I made the mistake that other, you know, I guess amateur horror film viewers do in that I watched it late at night. Went to the movie theater at nine o'clock, didn't get out till midnight. And that's, you know, great time to be out after, you know, just looking up at the sky like, oh, the moon looks great. Don't don't look up, sweetheart. Let's get in the car. <laughs> I was more worried about, you know, something coming out of the sky and getting me than a mugger. That's how paranoid I was. Yeah. It's like Jaws. If the shark from Jaws was a cloud or something is kind of how I would describe it. Yeah. Just kind of that intensity. Yeah. Well, and, and also, you know, um, the, the scene with the monkey and the monkey's death, um, that also got me like that scare really got me. And I was kind of just wondering how that all tied in together. Um, and I think Jeff, you even mentioned that that was something that you had to look up. Could you break that down for us? Yeah. So at the, this movie opens with a shot of a monkey on a set of a sitcom covered in blood. And he's like hunched over like uh, somebody's body and you don't know how it ties in, but slowly throughout this movie, you're getting flashbacks and you come to see that this is uh Steven Yoon's character, Jupe, who was a kid actor on this show, Gordy's home. Uh, Gordy kind of lost his mind on set, killed a bunch of his co-stars like ripped the face off uh, the, the girl who played his sister. And uh, you see the death of that monkey um, in very graphic fashion in the middle of this movie. And it's, it really ties into his story just because uh, Jupe is the one that's trying to control the UFO. And it shows that he didn't learn his lesson from somebody trying to tame nature way back when in the 90s. So he didn't learn his lesson. He got him, his wife, his kids, and like 30 other people killed in a result of this. So you could kind of take that tie in and everything else in this movie as maybe like Hollywood's treatment of animals and how sometimes it's inhumane and everything. But I think that that reveal kind of went over a lot of people's heads. Uh, like I was talking to you, Ahmed, and we didn't really know what the deal with that backstory was when we first got out of the theater. So um, I had to look it up, but that really added some more weight to the story once I uh, realized what Jordan Peele was going for. And that's typical of Jordan to do. He does a lot of <clears throat> subtleties. Like I think the... Um... The, the the movie Us was supposed to be about how we treat people that live like the homeless, I guess. Mm. Uh, you know, the movie Get Out is supposed to kind of show us like, you know, we'll not even get into that. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it, like it, it now, now that you, you said that, it makes me think maybe I should watch it again. And what's funny is I kept seeing trailers after the movie. Uh, not trailers, sorry, but clips on Instagram from the movie Nope. And they were saying like, did you catch everything? And it was like, are you sure you caught everything? I'm like, I, I don't know. Now you got me overthinking because there were so many other little subtleties that he threw in, like the quarter scene where they lose their father. 
well, was there something significant about that quarter? Was there something significant about seeing the first black cowboy silhouette? Um, was there something significant about the introductory quote at the beginning of the movie? And that's kind of why towards the end of the movie, I was kind of like scratching my head going, I liked it, but was I supposed to focus on something and did I focus on the wrong thing or did I focus yeah. much, you know? Yeah. There's like, there's so much going on in this movie. I think he, like he introduces a lot of themes and you really, this is honestly the movie of his that you got to watch more than once because I, I mean, I, I could look through it in a different lens now that I know all the animal stuff that he was kind of going for with this. But I think that's what kind of separates it in not a great way from get out and us. I think it like the narrative and get out and us was more straightforward and you kind of got, the point he was going for this one. It's, it's a little bit like convoluted and that that's what holds it back for me. Completely fair. And get out. I think is his magnum opus so far. I, I really think like you can't top that movie and it's a little unfair to say because, you know, Jordan worked so, so many years on that, film i think during his oscar acceptance speech <clears throat> he had like did the draft so many times he had changed the ending he had changed something it was just so much that he did and it was so good that you know it, it really deems it oscar worthy whereas us you know it was a little bit more a little bit more convoluted but it was still kind of the same theme um but yeah, it, it's this one is a little bit more ambitious. It's a little bit more abstract, if you will. Um, but I, I would still watch it again. And I'm hoping that maybe I, – I would hope that Jordan would be a little bit less abstract, if that's fair to say. Yeah. In his future films. But I love like the, the genre jumping that he has been doing. I think, though, like this conversation, Ahmed, like leads perfectly into – uh, one of our planned segments. So I'm going to jump ahead a little bit and rank uh, Jordan's movies so far. Uh, for me, I think I'm going to go us at number one, which is not what a lot of people have at this point. I just thought like the horror in that movie was crazy, especially when you get the doppelgangers like outside the family's house. That is some of the scariest imaging I've ever seen. And I love Winston Duke, too. Like he is just such a charismatic dude. Um, if you guys haven't listened to the Batman Unburied podcast, he uh, does great as Batman in that. So I love everything he's in Black Panther, us, this, uh, that'll be number one. I like get out number two, this movie I think falls apart a little bit. So I'm going to do number three. Uh, what about you? So all of Jordan's movies, I guess I have to say going into them, I didn't know what they were about. Um, <clears throat> that being said, I, I, I have to put Get Out as number one. You know, the storyline in the end, everything kind of balancing out, even your own interpretation uh, of the movie is just so, like, it's so incredible. Uh, like I said, it's his magnum opus. And what's funny is when you say it out loud, Get Out and Nope out loud, when you say them both, Kind of sounds like Nope would be a sequel to Get Out, which yeah. said he he wouldn't mind um, 
pursuing just as long as the idea works. He's not going to sell out and just make it just to make it. Um, but yeah, I, I put Get Out at number one and Us at number two just because, like you said, Winston and, Lu- and uh, Lupita also did such an amazing job. And the kids as well. Frightening as hell. Frightening kids. They're like just great all around. Um, I almost – I'm hesitant to give even um, Nope a ranking simply because it was just so abstract and it just doesn't quite – flow with what exactly Jordan Peele was doing. It seemed like, uh, you know, and maybe that's just me not knowing what I'm talking about, but it just seems like it's just, it's something completely different, but nonetheless, from an actor's perspective, I, it, it is, it is rank worthy. Um, I don't know if I, I brought this up, but, uh, or I, I probably did. I'm just forgetting. Cause we've talked, we've unpacked so much, but from an actor's perspective where you're just not looking you're looking up and seeing nothing and you're just you're forced to be afraid and you've done a successful job of bringing the viewer in every single cast member to that. Steven Yoon did it uh, during his, you know, tragic death scene. Yeah. <laughs> He's looking up and you're like, Oh yeah, he knows it's time to go. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I, I'm reluctant to give uh, Nope number three, but it's just what it is. Yeah. Um, I think though we should go into characters because there's a, there's a lot of good ones in here. That's the best part about this movie, like you said, Ahmed is the acting performances. Um, just kind of quickly running through my top five. Um, M played by Kiki Palmer is so funny in this movie and such like a like a force of energy. Uh, I loved when they were in, was it Fry's, the the uh, electronic store? Oh, and she's yeah. just, uh, you know, walking down the aisles and she sees like an attractive girl and she's like, oh, hi, gorgeous. How are you doing today? It was just so funny. Um, everything she added to that character. Um, I She's going to be number one for me. Uh, number two is going to be OJ, played by Daniel K. Lua. Um, it's a very quiet performance from him. He doesn't say much. It's more of a physical performance, I think. And I think it works great. Uh, He's obviously like um, Jordan Peele's like De Niro to Scorsese. And I think he said that in the in an interview. So he'll be two for me. Uh, Number three is Brandon Perea Uh, as the tech guy. That dude was hilarious. Like we haven't talked about him, but (laughs) he's just like chilling at the farm every single day because he has nothing better to do and he's pulling up his ex-girlfriend on imdb and then he's doing all this crazy funny shit uh he'll be three uh four will be uh steven yoon as uh jupiter he like his story is very important to the movie but he honestly is gone he's gone by an hour into this movie so that's why he slips to number four for me uh, number five will be the the photographer that they hire to get the perfect shot uh, and his greed kind of gets in the way and then that's how he dies. So that'll round out my top five. You, mine is very similar to yours, just ranked differently. Um, but all in all, it's the same characters. Um, <clears throat> Daniel Kaluuya, I have to give him for number one simply because of his stoic-like performance. Um, I know he doesn't talk much and that was something that pissed off my wife a lot. She's like, he seemed very expressionless. I'm like, mm, I, 
I got that vibe, but I felt like there was a reason for that. Maybe he's just, it's kind of like when you see the movie, what's eating Gilbert grape. Mm -hmm. Clearly he's upset about something and that's why he's just so easily irritable. Um, but I also kind of view it as maybe like a Ryan Gosling esque type yeah. where he doesn't say much. He's just kind of chewing on a toothpick, you know, and it, the, the mood says it all. Uh, but even when he did open his mouth, you know, you could, he, he still delivered his lines incredibly, but not as incredibly as Kiki, who just steals the scene with, you know, how energetic she is. Um, in that same interview Daniel Kaluuya did with uh, Kiki Palmer, uh, or I'm sorry, with Trevor Noah, and he's talking about Kiki and how, like, you know, they sort of uh, what he described as a, a, sibli- a sibliance. That's what they they had, where it was almost like they were brother and sister in real life because she kept annoying him. So, <laughs> <laughs> and you know, her her character does kind of pester him a lot, but there's still a lot of love into it. Um, I would have to give Steven Yoon or no, let me skip him. The filmmaker, uh, I'll give him number three just because, you know, as a amateur film buff myself and, and, you know, just, it's like, you want that perfect shot. So you'll do everything for it. I'm, I'm one of my biggest flaws. I'm a perfectionist. If something isn't less than spectacular, I will overthink it. Even like after, you know, even after this interview, I'm going to recollect and go, damn, I could have brought this up or (laughs) a little bit. I shouldn't have done that. You know what I mean? And so for, for his demise while tragic, it was like, no, he died doing what he loved. I'll give uh, number four to Steven Yoon, uh, whose character is Jupiter. I didn't even realize that that's what his name was. Um, I wish they could. I wish I could have seen a little bit more of him, just because, like you said, it was supposed to be sort of like a, he didn't learn his lesson. I wish we could have seen his character a little bit more, um, so that I could have, so that maybe the other viewers could have picked up on that. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, kind of dealing with more of what else his trauma was, because I didn't understand why there's there's that scene where he's like, I usually charge people a fee, and then he just takes them into this room, and it's like. Oh, is that supposed to be him? Like, like, did he, you know, what's that about? Yeah. And that was weird. (laughs) Right. But then whenever you gave that explanation, like, okay, this kind of explains that, but is that really what, you know, Jordan was, Jordan Peele was going for? Uh, The fifth one, I have to give it to um, that guy, uh, um, Angel, the fries guy. His character was a good comic relief, but I just kind of feel like his presence was forced, you know, like they just had to throw him in there. Um, But I understand that he was, you know, um, a a pivotal character. But again, I maybe it's just because I didn't like his hair. (laughs) Yeah, that that weird hairstyle is coming back. It's like late 90s in sync or something. It reminded me of there's a movie that uh, I haven't finished watching, but Riz Ahmed did where he plays a, a drummer who goes deaf. And I just kept looking at him and going, he's not Pakistani. He's not <laughs> Ahmed. How dare you look like one and, <laughs> and break my heart. <laughs> so I don't know. <laughs> yeah. But, that uh, I've seen that hairstyle so much lately. Like, 
I saw some dude at Target. I'm like, are you trying to be Eminem or who are you trying to be here? Like, Eminem. it's not it's not working. The 90s, like the worst parts of the 90s are coming back right now. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah. 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 Um, but uh, I, I say we get into our, our final rankings here. Uh, we were talking before the show, and I think I kind of solidified my, my opinion here. Uh, I can't give it higher than a starter. And I think that's because a lot of the storylines got kind of, like I said, convoluted. And I did not like the monster. I, 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 that's the thing that's really holding it back for me. Like, it looked like an upside, upside down manta ray, like the little smiley face. I wasn't down for it. When it opened up, I thought it looked even worse. It just looked like a kite in the wind. Um, give me something more threatening. And yeah. then maybe we'll talk. I thought it was a cowboy hat. And then it like turned into a kite. I didn't know what the hell I was looking at. How did it become yeah. fabric? Like made of fabric? Yeah, it was just, I mean, we don't know anything about aliens, obviously. And I mean, Jordan probably based it on some stuff, but I wasn't <laughs> down with it. Well, um, not okay. at all. <laughs> Apparently the movie's inspired by so many things. Sadly, I haven't seen any of them just because I'm not a big sci-fi fan or an alien fan. I wish I was. Um, but yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm in agreement with you, with you that it's, uh, I can't give it anything more than a starter just because as a viewer, I, I like to watch movies over and over again, especially if I like it. That's how I judge movies. That if it's, it's repeat worthy, I don't want it to be repeat worthy if it means there was something I miss. I, I missed, you yeah. know, kind of watch it over again to find it because then it lacks the appreciation. It's kind of like having a joke explained to you is not as funny as just hearing the joke. Yeah, I agree with you 100 percent there. Like <laughs> I like thinking during a movie. This is not like on a tenant level where I was like, am I doing math problems watching this movie right now like it's not that it's definitely enjoyable and i think you should see it in theaters but i don't see myself watching this movie more than twice probably yeah i think maybe twice um i haven't seen Candyman a second time but that was another movie that i'm like maybe i should have watched it again to kind of see but like the same thing you said too many genres being thrown at you it seemed like you know too many themes and none of it came full circle um you know what happens next uh do they they got their their million dollar shot you know do they get the horses back can they ever go back to a normal life you know yeah. does, does daniel Kaluuya's character ever smile again <laughs> <laughs> i just want to know where i can get that cactus icy that was in that scene that's all I was thinking of after that movie, like a cactus flavored icy uh, right before Stephen Yoon dies. And then I was like, oh, that sounds delicious. Whatever that is. Is it prickly pear? And then my mind went off on some other thing. But um, that's my takeaway of this movie. My takeaway was I can't go to the movies anymore because the gentleman that was sitting next to me and I'm being very nice when I call him a gentleman because he was anything but talking to his girl and on his phone. And I kept thinking to myself, okay, now you should say something. Now you should say something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's yeah. That is not the way to go. Um, don't go on your phone when you're in the movies. Just shut up. Just yeah. shut up. 
Yeah. Stay off it. You'll survive for two hours. It's fine. Or stay at home and watch the movie if that's what you really want to do. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you pay good money for these seats, I think. So um, go ahead and do it. Um, but yeah, uh, covered a lot of ground today, Ahmed. Um, anything else you want to add before we get out of here? Jordan, keep them coming, man. We need more movies. Yeah. Pump them out. Maybe we got some ideas. I don't know. Actually, <laughs> you don't need any ideas from us. You're no, the master yeah. of horror. You're the master of horror. Don't listen to anything I said. Um, I Because he definitely listens to this show. Listen to this podcast. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, it's been another fun episode uh, for Ahmed. I'm Jeff. Um, check us out, boxofficeqbs.com. We are free on YouTube. Free. Uh, check that out. That's an inside joke. Uh, Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Uh, we're on there, too. Uh, We will be back with another episode uh, in the near future, but we will see you guys very, very soon.